Oh, oh, you good? <laughs> no. No, no, all these bottles of water are empty. <laughs> there are four of them here, and they're all empty. <laughs> Well, no, because I was like about to burp, but I was like, I don't want to burp on the podcast. But then, like, that went into like a weird choking thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. God, probably uh, woke everybody in this fucking apartment building up. Hello everyone, welcome to The Amory Score, episode 26. I am Jackson, I am joined by Molly. Hi. Hi Molly. How have you been? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm ready to talk about this comic. Aren't we all uh, deep in uh, within ourselves ready to talk about The Amory Wars? We give everybody a week off to make sure they're okay next time to talk about The Amory Wars. Yes, last week uh, we dealt with everything that's going on with Ryder at the moment, and so this week there will be no Ryder, no Ryder at all. No Ryder. The no bicycle fucking is bicycles. Gone. No riding any bicycles. No fucking bicycles. Okay, maybe there's like one panel of Ryder, but uh, that's it. That's it. It'll that be it. okay. And definitely no fucking bicycles. No fucking bicycles. Um. So what this is going to be is the like other plots that happen in issue three and four because we split those so we could do the writer stuff last time for the 10 speed song um and so this is what is going on with claudio and jesse and everyone at that time uh which means that we should go back to issue three and look at this little um this little blurb of what's been going on so far so here's here's if you have not listened i guess here's the context for as much fucking good as it'll do you here we go uh, as Claudio, fuck, I can't talk. As Claudio's power deepens, uh, his connection to the creator is simultaneously intensifying. But Abilene and Chase disagree on what that means for Heaven's Fence. Uh, meanwhile, Ryan is enthusiastic about Mayo's suggestion to utilize the flies for administering the updated virus. Thus, they've enlisted a familiar face, Doctor Dervine, to start the sinister process. Again, everyone's favorite face. doc. Inferno and Claudio are poised to have a long overdue conversation about Coheed and Cambria after an explosive fight on the bridge of the Grail Arbor, where Claudio basically went, yo, you suck at everything. (laughs) Jesse, why do you suck at everything you do? And Jesse was like, how dare you? One of my plans has ever worked. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, What he did was, like, beat him up, and then everyone left, and he went, damn, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Fuck. Shit. Everybody has died. (laughs) <laughs> yep. No, but really it is. <laughs> um, Don't let so anybody begin- know that I agreed with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we begin this week uh, on the bridge of the Grail Arbor, um, where Coheed and Jesse... Nope, where Claudio and Jesse... <laughs> every fucking time. Every time. Every time. Uh, are about to have this conversation. He's like, I, it's time I told you about your parents. Uh, and then Claudia goes, you told me enough. You told me you killed him. Uh, and then Jesse goes, that's the ro- wrong. We've ripped off Star Wars too much. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So Jesse's in, takes a big seat in the chair. Uh, and then it's like, you go sit in one of these other chairs. And Claudia's like, uh, no, I don't want to sit. You can't tell me what to do, old man. So... <laughs> This this first panel is like this is the bridge of the Grail Arbor, right? Yeah, and so we have the central bridge chair, like in Star Trek or whatever, what Jesse sits in, and he's like, "Hey, Claudia, go sit in one of these chairs." And there's another panel of them like sitting right next to each other, face to face in chairs, but there's no chair that should like. Have they moved the bridge chairs? I don't understand the layout of the bridge. They, and you know, they're just maybe- sliding around. They got those rolly chairs. Maybe this is just the Star Trek fan of me, but if you can't even, like, have a layout of your bridge mean something, then what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I listen, I don't know a lot about spaceships, 
but I don't think the chairs are supposed to move. I'm pretty sure they're stationary for a reason. The captain's office is above everyone because that symbolizes how the Cardassians designed ops. There's like a decision that says something about the space. This just a chair magically appears so they can have a conversation. Makes me mad. Molly, this is my this is who I am. Anyway, (laughs) it doesn't matter, but this is who I am. I understand. It's okay. Um another thing before we really get into it is that uh Jesse who has been just a like horrible ridiculous biker man this entire thing um his hair's got like gray streaks in it now but like really pronounced white streaks yeah so he looks like rogue from x-men <laughs> you know, yeah no that is that is right yes he has that and it's fucking weird <laughs> Because he also looks like a ridiculous biker man. He's got his big-ass handlebar mustache, but also he's graying, so you know he's old. He's been through a lot. Oh, he sure has. Uh, so he sure has. We talk about how uh, Claudio knows his parents as terrorists, and that they know yes. that they destroyed Star 7, and uh, details were vague, but the rebellion was the news headline of the century. Uh, and Jesse... Uh, says, listen, you, uh, I, the truth is, after the Mage Wars, your parents and I were created as an anti-terrorist outfit. We were meant to protect the keyword from any further ground-based threats. And Claudio's just staring at is Claudio. <laughs> just dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, uh, dot. Uh... Um, yeah, so, so the first bit is where he's basically like, so all I know is what's on the news... Like so, we interpreted it as Claudio knew more about the Cohen and Cambria stuff just because. But in this, it's like no. Literally, all I knew is I came home, everyone was dead. I ran away, and then the news told me they were terrorists who blew up Star Seven, and that's it. I don't know how uh, they were. We like we were all eating dinner, to, and then, then I came home from making out with my girlfriend, and then everyone was dead. Um, so Claudio doesn't actually know anything. There's an amazing panel here of everyone eating dinner. Um, back in the day yeah uh, <laughs> uh which at first is just a regular panel it's like you know everyone's faces are weird just because of this comic style um but whatever but then you look to your right <laughs> <laughs> a great <and> oil painting <laughs> of our boy wilhelm ryan it's just on the wall what <laughs> do you think that's mandatory do you think every household has to have this exact painting of wilhelm ryan installed in oh, the dining room i think this is just a thing in this universe it's it's beautiful. And he's like, oh, this is, we're just a bullshit family and everything. My whole childhood was a lie and whatever. I don't know anything. And Jesse's like, I know. We were created after the Mage Wars, an anti-terrorist outfit. And Claudia's like, excuse me? Pardon? I feel like I would have heard of this. Let's just, we'll just do this next page of dialogue. And Claudia goes, and by created, you mean? iRobots, a highly advanced cybernetic life form. My father was in bed by eight, and my mum couldn't open a pickle jar by herself. You're going to tell me they were robotic secret agents with orders to protect the universe? Harder to believe than them being terrorists? Well, I guess I don't know what to believe anymore. I can't tell you what to believe, but I can tell you the truth. I reach into my secret stash and say, ah, secret stash. (laughs) Yeah, so now they're drinking together, I guess. Yeah, I guess we're doing booze now. As Claudia's like, sure, whatever. What the fuck? (laughs) let's do some law and the next page is like okay so it brings out a diagram is like okay so your parents and i were created by dr leonard hohenberger uh as a team called the kbi an acronym for the uh, an acronym i can't talk an acronym for knowledge beast and and then clearly like wait hohenberger he's like solid snake voice hohenberger hohenberger the same guy who tried to assassinate ryan do you think in this panel claudio's leg is okay (laughs) <laughs> no. no what has happened to his leg <laughs> holy shit where is it gone it's it folded flat under him i that's not how oh, knees that's, work that's bad <laughs> that's gone bad uh, yeah and then anyway. he continues monologuing doc was a hero the most respected scientist among the fence he was like a father to me the prize came to him after ryan defeated covet marth There were no armies left who could stand against him. The KBI became the last wall of defense. Hey, that's the prize. Hey, that's supposed to be the prize, not the KBI. Okay. Moth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, from hit video game Fire Emblem. 
Covent Mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Claudio's like, I'm sorry. It's hard to make any sense of this. She used to tell us a story about how they met in the hospital. She was a nurse and she was taking dad's blood pressure. Your father made time stand still, she would say. So still she forgot to take off the cuff and his hand swelled up like a blue balloon. Was that all just made up? And then the next one of the panel is fucking Jesse drinking this his stash like... <laughs> Why does Jesse have like six fingers there? Wait, I don't know. Is that a cigar maybe? No, that's the cork. Okay. Never mind. We're good. <laughs> and then and oh right, I guess it is. Right, right. I was like, why is he gonna <laughs> Put the cork down then? <laughs> you can just toss it, my guy. And then Jesse's like, not to them. Everything they told you was their own truth, Claudio. I gave them the most ideal past I could think of via implanted memory files. I wanted them to have a shot at creating a real future. So what Jesse did, in addition to uh, convincing, like, actually proving that the villain is God, is take the memory of what to do about saving the universe away from the people who really need that memory in order to not be tricked by the idiot's... uh, to kill their own children. Jesse says, that's why I kept them together after reprogramming, so they could live peacefully and blissfully unaware of the monster virus that lay dormant in them. Uh, and Claudio's like, ignorance isn't always bliss, Inferno. And Jesse says, I thought their knowing the truth would only create bigger problems. Now, I guess we just keep going, because we're going to get to why that's an issue. Yes, we'll finish this page because holy shit. Uh, Jesse continues, Ryan forced the doc to create a pathogen capable of cooling an entire starved Cyrus. It was unimaginable, a weapon unlike any other. Doc had no choice but to cooperate, so he made it, tried to make it nearly impossible for Ryan to ac- activate ugh, by embedding the virus and its triggers separately amongst coheating Cambria. They would have to remain together for it to work. He even created an infant that he intended to raise in his own, implanting the antidote within her. A child your parents believe was their own daughter. And Claudia's like, Josephine? Even my sister was fake? What the fuck, Inferno? Uh, And steals steals the booze. And he steals the booze. And he just chugs it. And Jesse goes, not fake, an iRobot. I had to keep the antidote close to the virus, and frankly, they deserved a family of their own. On her 23rd birthday, the antidote was to activate and neutralize the monster virus entirely. So, Jesse decided that because they had to stay together for the virus to work, he should make them married. Yep. He should make them married, he should make them stay together, and he should keep the antidote really close to them, and not, like, put all of these things... So, we have this virus that can kill the universe or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a bad thing. That needs to be stopped. Uh, but the, they made it really complicated to activate. If the virus is never activated, then it's fine. So, you have you could just split Coheed and Cambria apart and have them not know each other and hope that that's enough. Um, but no, he makes it extra easy by putting them together, directly together, not just that, making them marry and making them, like, want to be together at all times Mm -hmm. and also give them the antidote that they could kill before it's done yep because he's like Claudia's like but she didn't make it and then Jesse's like no Mayo made sure of that he lied to your father convinced him that the virus was passed on to you and your siblings he said it had mutated into the sinister virus capable of destroying all of heaven's fence and then Claudio correctly furious and he just believed him that naive son of a bitch believed him and Jesse goes why wouldn't they have believed him because he don't kill your kids kill his kids just like that he children you don't and, do that and to be fair claudio says as much he's like he murdered my brother and sister's inferno yeah <laughs> good thing i was late that night or he would have bashed my head in with a hammer too just like josie how could he have been so gullible and uh, mm, jesse tries to justify it by going listen if mayo shows up at your front door you might have made that same mistake i mm, no i don't, don't think I would. kill your kids I actually think that would be number one on the things I wouldn't do. Yeah, I just... (sighs) Jesse's the biggest fucking idiot in the universe. He has handed everything to Ryan on a silver fucking platter. 
So this retcon is like meant to try to make sense of the last two books and make them like line up with Claudio's arc and everything. But what it actually does is somehow make Jesse like by multiple factors a so much more of a bigger idiot than he was before. And he was already the biggest idiot in the idiot universe. It's just it's I really don't see how like they could have written this and been like, okay, we're gonna save this arc, we're gonna fix this up right, make it sound good, and then like not think about how this just makes Jesse even bigger idiot status. Unless they knew. Unless he's supposed to be a big dumb idiot. I don't know, because he's such an idiot. It's truly incredible. Uh, but Jesse goes, I've been blaming myself for so long for not better equipping them, but and Claudia just goes, that doesn't matter. <laughs> you stupid it, it is idiot. Your fault. You're an idiot. <laughs> this is entirely then, your fault. And then he's like, um. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I just turned uh-huh. the page. Uh-huh. And Jesse goes, Claudio. I've never been a religious religious man. Stop. Until recently. Stop. Your entire case at court was there is a god and it's not you. I okay. Anyway, continue. Until recently, I'd never looked beyond the cover of the Gonsgrad, but I'm starting to think that's too much coincidence in everything that's happened. I mean. So you know when that that saying about like if you if there's a pattern and the like the common factor in the pattern is you maybe you're the problem, Jesse. <laughs> hey Jesse. Hey Jesse. Maybe it's not a prophecy. Maybe it's because you're a fucking idiot. I just don't see how he could continue doing this. And then Claudio replies. Your fear is making you see through the eyes of madness, uncle. Hey, that's the name of the album. That's the name of the... F- fuck this shit. I hate this. <laughs> I hate this so much. It's so bad. The prophecy of the th- son of three, the crowing. What if it is your fate to defeat Ryan? There's no other explanation. And then Claudio is just like, fate is a word we use when we're too afraid to make our own decisions. Is it fate that my family is dead? If you believe that, count me out. I'm tired of being held hostage by a god that could give two shits about us. There's a difference between fate and faith. I have my faith in myself to make the right choices. That those choices might lead to better days. My father was responsible for his decisions, but he chose fate as a crutch. I won't make the same mistake. I... There is a level to this in knowing that they are being written by a fictional writer (laughs) that makes this dialogue so stupid. Yeah. It's really bad. It's a writer writing a fake writer writing this story talking about how they don't believe in fate. It's so dumb. We are two pages away from it cutting back to Ryder, uh, and it like showing that he's been like writing this entire scene yes. on a piece of paper. It, it's so bad. And then Claudia like, basically continues like, "Oh, if if you tell me this plan is ours for no other reason that you believe in me and free will, I'll follow you. But I guess I'm not I'm not going to do this if you just want this to be a prophecy, bullshit." Uh, and then Jesse's like, "Fine, we'll do this. I guess." Nothing has changed. We've dropped exposition. Nothing matters anymore. Yeah, uh, nothing's changed. He has no reason to believe in Jesse except that he doesn't want to be guided by fate, I guess. And, you know, there's nobody worse at anything than Jesse, so. <laughs> yes, I'll go with him. <laughs> uh, that's correct. There is nobody worse at anything than Jesse. Um, huh. And then he's like, hey. I have one more request. If I guess I'm, I guess I'm back on board now that you've given me an exposition dump, even though it hasn't actually changed anything about my character. The or, problem like, is that I... booze is very strong. Yeah, it must be. And he's like, I just have one more request. I've been running for my past for too long. Can we stop at Hereticus on the way? Which I guess is where I, that's where he grew up. I, um, I guess it is. It okay. Must be. It, it yeah, I mean, like be. that has to be the name of the plane. I don't think they named it before. So, yes, uh, we'll take he- it. Hetricus, I think is how you pronounce it. Hetricus, yeah. Hetricus. Um, and, the- and then it cuts to writers, uh, everything with 10 speed. Um, I hate like cats. Saying, I hate cats. Fuck you. Uh, and then next when we're with Claudio, Claudio is standing outside his house, uh, which has been like quarantined up in the years since Coheed has, you know, killed Josephine with a hammer. Yeah, you know, as... It- Three murders in this house. Three and a half. Yes. Three and a half murders. (laughs) 3.5 murders. It's my new sitcom. Yeah. Wait, great. Good. 
Uh, Claudio kicks the panels off the door uh, as Amelie yeah. tells him, like, listen, if you're not ready, we don't have to do this. And Claudio's like, of course we do. I didn't come here all this way to sit on the doorstep. I'm going to go inside and confront my past now. Yep. Uh, and he goes inside and he finds his jacket and he's like, this was my favorite jacket. Like, <laughs> did you wear that jacket? We, like, we didn't see you at home for more than like a page on the first book before everything went to shit. Uh, and he's like, I, I'm leaving this jacket behind because this new jacket is too iconic. <laughs> too iconic. This one has like lines on the shoulders. I like it a lot. It's the one I wore all last book. It's my jacket. <laughs> Uh, and it's like, oh, is it strange for you to have returned home after so long? And he's like, yes. It's like remembering a language I forgot I ever knew. This is where I found her. This is where I found my sister. Cut to the blood on the ground. Yep. And it, the bleeding was so bad. The smell of it filled my lungs for days. I wish I would have told her how much I loved her. My dude, you brought her back to life. That's what, yeah. You, <laughs> he did that. And then you just ran away and let her die <laughs> Well, yeah, they they keep doing so the, the thing the next, where he may or may page. not have been able to keep her alive forever. On the last on the last time, last time it definitely um, like implied that he could have just kept her like life forever. His crying powers are unlimited. Yeah, and he just didn't realize it. Uh, so the next page is a a redrawing of so dead josephine in young claudio's hands uh hammer on the floor blood everywhere um and the 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 monologue voiceover is like i was in shock when when i held her something happened the sensation tore through my hands my body as if i was being charged by a battery okay (laughs) is that really the metaphor you want to go with guess so I felt her heart start beating again. Somehow, just for a moment, I had brought her back to life. I didn't know what had happened to Josephine, who killed her, or why, but in that moment, it felt like I should have been the... It felt like the person I should have been most afraid of was me. I had no idea what it was capable of. Before I could begin to process it, this creature showed up, one of Ryan's priests. It's selfish, but all I could do was run. Which is, yes, correct. He did run. But, and then, he, and then run. on the next she, panel... She did tell you, dear claudio Oh, She did say, dear claudio Oh. I wish, God damn it! Well, we will make it if you believe. It just—it's just him. <laughs> um, and then there's like this next panel of this awkward beat between him and Ambelina. Like, well, sometimes you go find your dead sister who's been beaten to death with a hammer, as you do, as one uh, does. Awkward. And then he goes, "Shit! I never even checked on the twins." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Run upstairs into. Uh, Matthew and Maria's room, and Claudia I mean, it's goes. Shocking, but they're dead. <laughs> what if they were still alive? And Amelie is like, it's unfair to judge the actions of a boy through the eyes of a man, Claudio. It. All right, it, sure. I don't know why we're doing this. Oh, this sucks so much because the next, the next. All right, <laughs> Shibuti. The next thing is, uh, he finds a drawing of um the the either maria or matthew have made because they don't matter because they exist for like less than an issue before they get poisoned to death Mm -hmm. um and they're just like some dumb representations of innocence to be murdered uh and he finds a drawing they've done a stick figure drawing of everyone that just says shibuti on it (laughs) yeah it's a shibuti uh that was the band before coheed and cambria Yes, that was the band's original name so they decided to slip it in here again that yeah Mm. Uh, and he goes, or, and Emily goes, I've asked myself the same thing about my sisters. We must remember it wasn't their fault. Ryan is to blame to what happened to your family and mine. He used their loyalty to the regime against them. I, man. So every single time anything happens where a character is just a huge fucking idiot. It's always Ryan's fault. It's oh, like, and it's always Ambelina coming and going, no, 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 no. Remember, we're the good guys and it's not our fault. It's it's Ryan's. He's the bad it's, guy. It's, it must be the bad guy's fault. That's how it works. We're the good guys. We are. We're good guys, and we only make good decisions. It's just. Yep. And she goes. He sent a priest after your siblings, uh, at, to find you after your siblings were killed. That's no coincidence. He's the reason you've spent your life running, Claudio. And 
he goes, but I'll never know what did happen here. Inferno gave me some insight, but there will be so many questions I'll never have answers to. Did the Which, twins... To be fair, is correct, because the plots of these books are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh-huh. he spent the entire last book talking to his ghost dad. Talking to his ghost dad and also never confronting his problems. But I mean, like, he's talked to Ghost Coheed. And Ghost Cambria shows up at the end of that last book. That is true. He has a way to ask them. Well, not anymore, because he's he's come to understand his father's pain. Well, that's not... And now he's never I coming guess back. True. I don't think that's true. I don't... We'll, we'll, we'll go on. We'll get into that in the next couple of pages. Anyway, they stay in this bedroom for a while and have a dumb conversation. He's like, what happened? Basically, so much of this plot is them coming across the wreckage of the plot of the other books going, none of this makes any sense. She's like, what if we had done anything about this? And then Ambelina going, no, 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 Ryan's fault. Don't forget. And then, like, they are sitting on his dead siblings' beds, all, like, completely broken up. And they're like, oh, what are we going to do? Uh, and Amber is like, oh, I came I came to this house first looking for you. And he, she's like, you you came here and you didn't tell me anything? And he's like, well, yeah, sorry, I guess. I also went and hung out with Nuo for a bit. I was, me and Nuo were chilling over at her place. Don't worry about that. I know you dog. still like her. Yeah. Uh, and on his sibling's bed, his dead sibling's bed, poisoned by his dad, uh, they, like, start holding hands. And there's panels of them, like, getting closer. And, and they're going to do a smooch. And then the streetlight comes on and scares them. And scares them and they don't smooch. They don't kiss. Oh, they don't make out on his dead sibling's bed. Thank God. But also, please consider the scene. (laughs) For fuck's sake. Are you kidding me? (sighs) Uh, ooh, ooh, look. Oops, uh, it's, uh, getting dark. We should go home. We should, uh, not be here anymore. Yep. Anyway, they all leave. Because... This is just like trying to set up the relationship between them and like, oh, anytime you can talk to me whenever. Oh, they're in love. It's so good. It's so nice. Oh, it's so good. I wonder what's going to happen to her. Um, Cut uh, two. Cut two. Finally, uh, Mayo and Wilhelm Ryan walking into this, the flies experiment. Into Dr. Dervine's office. He's recruited a lot of doctors. Yeah, I know. He's, he's staffed up big. Yeah, they. he got the funding. He put out the call. All, all his old look evil scientist these... buddies were like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, look at all these evil scientists with the dumb hats. With their really ugly hats. <laughs> with their their male helmets. Ah, um, it's bad. And then he's like, okay, let's. here's the Aeon Star Serum. Uh, they like inject this in some kind of like prisoner and they're like, okay, here's what the serum I've been working on does. Um, so we, we put the Aeon star serum in someone, we call it the leech. Uh, and then when the flies inject into someone, they like become giant weird creatures. It turns it. So he turns into a ghost first. Yes. And it's behind him. And then it turns like red and ugly and gets huge and scary. And I don't know what happened here. It's it's impossible to tell. But and this is like meant to basically seemingly inject his soldiers with because he's like corpses cannot fight for their god. Create a vaccine for my men which eliminates the instant rigor mortis, but ensures they remain infected with the virus until they meet their end. Make no mistake, doctor, the Red Army will follow me to beyond the grave, whether they choose to or not. So it's basically trying to create immortal soldiers that will follow him forever because they get infected with this magic thing. I don't really understand. I don't. It doesn't make any lick of sense at all. So yep. I don't know. I don't know. That's what Mayo's looked like there in frame, but not really doing anything tragically. Yeah. Uh, that's the end of issue three. Yes, we and then cut we get to, to issue, issue four. four. Which is mostly, it's mostly all the 10-speed stuff we talked about last time. And it begins with um, Ryder seeing uh, the beginning of In Keeping Secrets, because that this is when In Keeping Secrets takes place. Like, the the... After he goes to his own house, he then goes over to Nuo's house and does all the things with his dog. Yeah, after Ambulina uh, leaves. So they, they do set this up. It's the dumbest thing I've heard in my life, but they do set it up. Yeah. And I just... So, Claudio's here, and he's doing his thing. 
This means he, like, sat out here for three hours after telling Ambelina to go home after they kissed, and then told the dog a story before going back to the ship. And also, like, none of- this comic does not even, like, reference the fact that he's talking to his ghost of his dad at this time. Also, uh, this is the NKB Secrets comic, which, if it takes part right here, Claudio says Jesse's already dead, again. Uh, back yes, when he remembers Jesse's- the ghosts of the past. <laughs> Yeah, Claudio says that Jesse is dead at this point, and Jesse is extremely alive, and we don't know what happens to him. Maybe he dies. Um, fucking who knows? Um, anyway, and then it, then like the next bit, then he has cut to the end of that comic, and he's gone through the entire night of sitting there and telling him the whole, telling the dog the whole story, and then his crowing powers turn on, and she's like, "I'm burning star four. and we get a nice little reaction panel of the dog being like, "Ah, fuck! God damn it! I knew this would happen." Uh, and as he says, I'm burning star four, the crowing powers explode, and he literally just... Dist- Alright, so you know about symbolism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that fence is so, broken. What does that mean? He There's a fence outside of Amblina's house, and he destroys the fence. Okay, but what does that so mean? Again, he destroys the fence with his crowing powers. What? I mean, like, it's a, it's a picket fence. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't say. Anyway, we don't know what that means. Who uh, could anyway, know? So, who could know what that could possibly be foreshadowing? Anyway, apparently Ambelina's just been watching him the whole time because she sees him do this and then yeah, runs out. Just close enough by to see him blow up the... Fa- Maybe she came back out because it's been six hours since he started like, telling this dog a fucking story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she was like, hey, um, you told me to go back. I was expecting you to come in and fuck, but okay. <laughs> You'd rather tell a dog a story. (laughs) Yeah, idiot. I I put on my best latex boots for you. (laughs) Look at the exact dimensions of the way my boots, like, go up (laughs) this high on my legs but reveal just enough of my ass. Like, you you would rather tell a dog a story. You're telling me this right now. (laughs) Okay. Uh, and, And then she takes him and they go back to the ship. And obviously, he's fucking blown a hole in the fence. So then... Behind, uh, like coming out of the house is Nero Ikin, who sees Apollo, who is like limping because he's been like hit by a crowing blast. Well, I think he escaped. I think he's just like tail between his legs, scared coming back in more than anything. Okay, because he looks like he's scared. And yeah, hurts. he's definitely scared, but this dog is invincible. I think we've established that at this point. <laughs> we have, we have. <laughs> and Nero Ikin is like, uh, what went on out here, boy? I hope this is the last time Nuo shows up. I know it's not, but I, I hope it, it is. I think it might be in this comic. In this comic, for sure. But the fact that we have to get back to her later is... We don't know anything we don't about know. how they like, take this. We don't know shit. It's possible. Uh, man, anyway. We don't have to talk about anyway. it, but man. Yeah. So, uh, cut to so, the bridge cut again. Cut to everyone on the bridge. And, yes. Uh, and Jesse, looking at this hologram, says, This is Hilmgor. And... Somebody in the crowd goes, you're talking about the Hilmgore? As in the Hilmgore? The Arctic monster planet we all threaten to send our kids to when they're out of line? Uh, okay. And just he's like, yep, that's it. <laughs> and then some guy is like, hold up. <laughs> hold, no, hold up. No, that's Sizer. Is that Sizer? That's Sizer. That's yeah. looks like now? Yeah, that's what he looks like now because he's all gross and bad. Okay, well, Sizer is like, hold up. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. Just one minute. Where your code at? Hilmgore isn't a real place. It's a cautionary tale. And then Jesse's like, it's quite it's real. It's quite it's real, a thank desolate you. Desolate and dangerous planet. Also home to the deadly scavenger tribe you might know as the Narrows. I, oh, great. Are we We're really getting back, back to the Narrows? Really? Everyone's favorite plot point for this book the fucking Narrows. In addition to being um, warped freak shows, the Narrows are pirates who've commandeered countless trade ships over the years. All the hijackings have one thing in common. They've each occurred along the Althedius trade route. Okay. <sighs> okay, so trade negotiations. <laughs> um, the Narrows have been keeping their planet hidden. Here with what we suspect is an ancient shamanic piece of technology. <laughs> Called the terrain of anonymity. This is terrible. The terror. This what? is so bad. This is so boring. Oh my god. At least last time we just had the the Red Army went to attack the rebel base and not. Okay, so uh, the Narrows, who no one gives a shit about, are attacking on these trade routes with some kind of uh, dumb piece of technology. Uh, 
The terrain is an orb that is capable of bending light, casting a shadow over the user or object. Its invisibility is invisibility in a ball. Hilmgård is the only place to have anything like it. The narrow citadel sits along the border, along the cloaked area to seized ships travelling along the trade route. So we're going to go land on this thing uh, and go steal this invisibility thing, I guess. So we um, could go to Appity Prime without anybody seeing us. Hey, just wondering, um, they know exactly how many planets are in Heaven's Fence. How did they hide it? It's surrounded right. by a beam of light. How is it hidden? But the 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 planet isn't hidden. It's just the base that's hidden. Are you sure? Because it it says. Uh, let me see. Some boring. Oh, I'm close to, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. So, but it's even dumber than that. Well, no, because it says the Narrows have been keeping their planet hidden here with what we suspect is an ancient shamanic piece of technology. There is an exact, like, the, the pattern of Heaven's Fence is, like, core to this universe. Everyone knows exactly how many planets there are, exactly how many planets are per sector, and how the, like, pattern of the planets... F- they are all held together by giant blue beams of light that aren't even subtext. They're actually real giant blue beams of light. I... Man. <laughs> there is so much happening here. You Why would you introduce it. a plot point about hiding planets into this universe? Mm, it's not even one of the ones that got away. <laughs> And then the next panel is every single person on the uh, ship being like thinking emoji. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure about this? And he's like, how do you plan on finding an invisible planet that up until a minute ago, we all believed to be an urban legend? And he's like, I've had a plan. And everyone should at this point go, oh, shit. Jesse's got <laughs> oh, a plan. No. Oh, no. I started no. working on a homing device some time ago for other reasons. I was about to finish it about a year ago, but I didn't have a large enough sample of narrow life signatures to calibrate it. The recent narrows so attacks on Goddardam solved that problem. Yep. Sizer says, Goddardam, you weren't even there? No, you weren't even but there? you were. <laughs> and then he yeah. pulls then- a fucking USB stick out of Sizer's <laughs> head. What? <laughs> yeah, he pulls a USB stick out of Sizer's head and is like, I've got your memory core now. fuck? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, this exposition scene goes on even longer. It's the last thing in, that we've got to cover this week. Uh, but this exposition scene goes on way too long. Uh, and he's like, oh, we've got this technology. We're going to go there. You should have confidence in our Captain Sizer. Uh, and ca- and um, Sizer's like, wait, hang on. Yesterday you were fighting this dude. Why are you, why are you on his side now? And then Claudia's like, Inferno's right. That one person in this room hasn't suffered a loss because of Ryan. What about the devastation he's capable of if we don't stop him this time? You most certainly wanted to stop him before he hurts your sister. And then fucking Sizer goes, no one messes with Chase. <laughs> it's just, all right, guess we're doing it. I, and, <clears throat> yeah, and everyone is like, we've, put, we've got the coordinates. We're putting them in. Let's begin this attack. Badass walking panel. Everyone gets into the bridge and then is like, punch in those coordinates and get your coats ready, crew. It's going to be Claudia. one cold day in hell. <laughs> Yep. Uh, Claudia's like, good thing I've got my iconic coat. <laughs> good thing. Good thing. I've been wearing this since the beginning. I don't even know to go kick in anything. I'm good. And that's it. That's fucking it. That's it. And so much happens. Jesus Christ, it's all terrible. We're going to Hilmgore. They're going to Hilmgore. They're going to the invisible planet. I can't believe they introduced an invisible planet. When... Into a thing that is defined by the planet's hypervisibility and like special cataloging. shape. It's truly incredible. This is next level incredible plotting. Let's talk about crossing the frame. Crossing the frame. So, this is like the first of what we like to call the filler tracks on this album. Uh, there are very obviously a lot of tracks that are supposed to be the story beats of this album. This is not, well, not one of like them. Not the story beats, but like the big set piece songs that are like "Welcome Home," six minute song. Sim, sim. It's a single. Uh, there's another single later. There's like the next track's a big track, and this one is just like a three minute song. Yeah, and it's fine. It's, it's the most album track. Uh, we both like it quite a bit. It's a really good song. Um, 
That's a good song. It is probably the best of these, like this genre of song on the album. Is it like the filler tracks? Yeah, yeah, like I would it's say better so. Better than Lying Lies. Which yeah, we'll get absolutely. To in a few weeks. Um, um, but uh, so I'm just wondering, Claudio, when you went to make your album about killing your new ex-girlfriend, why did you decide to include another song about your high school girlfriend? <laughs> Yes, okay, I guess we should get to what the song's about. <laughs> I was going to talk a bit more about the song. Like, I like the song, it's cool, the guitar is fine, it's the most, like, fluff thing, so if you don't like Cohen and Cambria, there's nothing to sell you on this song. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, a, it's their fluff poppy stuff. It, uh, that's what it is. Which we're always into. Yeah, it's yeah. very good. The actual song is about, like, it's, it seems to be a song about in Keeping Secrets, um, because he's like, oh, I'm spying on you, Nuo. Uh, and it's all about, oh, we've all, things have changed. We're not what we, who we were when we were teens. Um, also, I'm a hobo now. Yeah. <laughs> like. What is happening? Oh, it's wild. I, it's wild. Uh, so I went and dug up a quote I saw back in the nice year 2013, uh, where Claudio mentions that he regrets putting this song on the album. He doesn't say why, but he does, yeah. uh, which is interesting, I think. Because like it doesn't super fit with the album, but I like the song just fine. I think it flows into the, with the like tracks. Uh, you need something between Ten Speed and the next song. Like, yeah, it, just... you can't go from Ten Speed to uh, Apollo One. You have right. to have a break. You have to have a break. So I feel like this song is fine. Um, I guess I'll do some lyric reading because we don't actually have much to say on it. Like I guess we, no, there's we not a lot to, to it. We forgot to rate. Um, 10 speed last week which would have got an 8 yeah it's got an 8 I think it's an 8 and this would get like a 6 like a, it's fine cross frame yeah 6 or 7 I might give it a 7 it's pretty fun yeah, casting quarters casting quarters <laughs> <laughs> casting quarters in two wells that hold our dreams uh, let me do some lyrics which, please um, I guess we'll just do those it's um casting quarters into wells that hold our dreams you won't believe me if i told you so but i wish that you were i'm spying on you nuo the way that you would have been if i stayed here at home i'm giving it up nuo how important i could have been to you that doesn't flow very well no Claudia. it why is it here why did you put it here I well no, it's like, but I wish that you were. I'm spying on you, Nuo, the way that you would have been if I had stayed here at home. I'm giving it up, Nuo. How important I could have been to you. Like it's like six different run-on sentences, and none of them really like line up with each other. Like what are you doing? Yeah, you can't say I'm spying on you, and also I'm giving you up. Not not within the same six sentences at the very least. Like at the, the like. There's a bit in the earlier where he's like, I left in a sudden rush and never said why. And like, I mean, you were being chased by a big scary monster. There was a big like, monster. That is, that's fair. Of all the things to be, like, guilty about with how many bad things has happened in Coheed and Cambria, uh, ghosting on your high school ex isn't really one of them. Like, no. she'll be fine. Yeah. It's your high school ex. She's 18 years old when you left, my guy. She doesn't care. It's not... She it had to matter. go back to school the week after that. Yeah, like, it's your high school ex. Like, she'll be sad about it for a week and everyone will be like, man, um, I'd probably be more traumatizing because of all the stuff about, like, all the other kids died. She would just assume you were dead. Also, like, she had to deal with a monster attacking her specifically. I don't think she's worried about you. Plus, this comic establishes that it is known amongst the universe that Cohen and Cambria are the terrorists who destroyed Heaven's Fence for that, like, to destroy Star 7. That is common knowledge. So, the things that Nuo knows are all of his siblings are dead and his parents are evil. So she'll be like sad and really broken up and traumatized about this. But it's not like, a, oh, I left and didn't, you know, I didn't at you. Like, <laughs> I left you no message. I, My DMs. I didn't text. <laughs> Empty. You didn't care. Nor did I. I sent, I sent you no line sticker. I said you no goodbyes. <laughs> <laughs> huh, but I wish that you were. Why didn't you hit me you up on WhatsApp? I one message on Neopets. <laughs> my Gaia Online private messages box empty. I changed my status on Club Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> my aim away message mentioned you for the last six years. Where have you been? <laughs> yeah, my aim away message was like, hello there, MCR, heart, Nuo. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. How are you feeling about that? Oh, Jackson. I know. Anyway, this song's fine. Um, the, the fucking plot is bananasly boring. It is amazing how much is happening and how absolutely nothing has happened so far. Uh, they are like getting really into the meta stuff and just completely treading water on the other side. And nothing has actually happened since issue one. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens because they have set up the part where things are supposed to happen next time. Uh, so um, we'll see. We will see. I never trust when stories do the thing where like, next time things will happen because i'm like will they though i mean in keeping secrets did that for 10 issues before an issue 11 exactly. something happened yeah yeah it makes something happen it's fine you can have like fucking you can go up and down plots are allowed to do the, that it's the coheed and cambria comic no one cares <laughs> this isn't high art you'll be fine <laughs> isn't it <laughs> i mean that's fair yeah well, God, I'm exhausted. These podcasts are sh- the shortest ones that I record, and yet they are maybe the most draining. We have a lot to talk about, and there's a lot to think about. A lot of this is really <laughs> give you something big to chew on for a while. Oh, I'm chewing, all right. <laughs> uh, where can we find you on the internet, Molly? You can find me on Twitter at your friend Molly with a Y E R. You can find me at audioentropy.com, where I do a bunch of other podcasts, and at patreon.com slash Molly Reinbeck. Oh, um, my Twitter's locked right now because I'm doing job stuff, but that should be oh. taken care of pretty soon. Okay, that's cool. Get a job. Working on it. Hell yes. Um, you can find me at HeadfallsOff on Twitter. Never locked. All Never locked. <laughs> um, you can find the other podcast that I do at AbnormalMapping.com. This is an Abnormal Mapping podcast. The Abnormal Mapping Network is home to... Abnormal Mapping, a game club podcast at thebestgame.club. Second Officer Slong, a Star Trek book club uh, at StarTrekPodcast.space. We uh, read Star Trek books, we watch Star Trek episodes. It's great. Have a good time. Come in and join us. Uh, Novel Not New is a uh, visual novel book club uh, with M6 and Jen. Uh, Fireside Friends is Ryan and and Katie's podcast. It is very cool. That is at firesidefriends.net. Uh, the Great Gundam Project is our Patreon show, which if you donate to our Patreon uh, for $1 a, a month, you can get access to shows every single week where we watch episodes of Gundam. Uh, we have a one of those coming up in a couple weeks that we'll have a cool guest on. Ooh. Um, I don't know the exact schedule, but every week there are episodes of that, and at some point in the future there'll be a cool guest. Uh, but that's that's it for now, I guess. That's Those are the podcasts, those are the plugs. Casting quarters in. Uh, yeah, into the wall. Hey, by the way, everybody who's rated yes. us and left us a review on iTunes, thank you so yes! much. You're so sweet. Thank- I had no idea that there would be reviews for this fucking piece of shit podcast we do. <laughs> I want to give a quick shout out to my man Steve Hobbs for leaving us this really good one-star review. Uh, All right. wherein, you got? wherein he says, are you guys even fans? You can't even pronounce the main character's names. I came here thinking maybe you guys were fans of the band or their idea behind the music, and you don't appear to be. You guys aren't funny. You don't seem to know what you're doing. Honestly, I'm unsure why you guys made this. I didn't get past the rust five minutes of the second episode before realizing you guys were a joke. So, thanks, Steve. Uh, that's uh, To be fair, it's all correct. I'm not funny. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. We've never made a good uh, joke once. I've never made a good joke. I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't know how to pronounce fucking the Grand Squad. Uh, but thank you all so much for all of these nice <laughs> reviews, honestly. Uh, I am just tickled when somebody leaves me a bad review like that, because we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't fans of this band. Yeah, we clearly enjoy the music, as evidenced by everyone like DMing me midweek when they listen to the podcast, going, man, this was funny. This song sucks again. And I'm like, man, yeah, shut no, up. It's good, it's good actually. Song. It's a good song. <laughs> Thanks. <sighs> yep, that's it. That's all. That's it. Goodbye, everyone. Have a good one. Enjoy the song. We're leaving. Have a great week. Throw some change into a well or something. (laughs) Go and text your ex. (laughs) Slide into those DMs, folks. Goodbye. Long dormant DMs. One night.